Hello and welcome back everybody to our seventh episode. And this week's subject comes from Emily, who asked for more information around this subject and some more subjects. And I promise I will cover these over the next few weeks. But I'm going to start with her first suggestion. Now, first of all, I'm going to share you with you a song to see if you can guess what it's all about. do I need to ask if you've guessed what this week's subject is about? Well, do you know how much we actually procrastinate on a daily basis? Ask yourself right now, what am I putting off today until the time is right? Maybe to complete a piece of work or a bit of DIY at home, or even saying something to somebody that has needed to be said for some time, but that you've put it off because you're afraid of how the other person will take it. Let's take a little look at procrastination. So, how do we describe it? Well, it is an act of delaying or putting off tasks until the last minute, or even past their deadline. I've also heard it defined as a form of self-regulation failure that can be characterised by an irrational delay of tasks despite having potentially negative consequences. Have you ever noticed that no matter how well organised you are or how committed you are, you find yourself kind of frittering away periods of time 
on the smallest of things like watching TV or updating your social media sites or shopping online or just window shopping online when in fact you should be or you're supposed to be spending time on family jobs or other related things like clearing out the shed or mowing the grass or even just washing up or finishing a letter or writing your seasonal cards cleaning out the oven doing the laundry or even down as far as walking the dog or just everyday tasks completed or even started so whatever you're putting off it's going to have an effect on your life and depending on how strong your procrastination is will determine how much of an impact it will have on your life now don't get me wrong in most cases procrastination is not a major problem however if you do it with a lot of tasks or important areas of your life in a consistent manner then you may very well have a serious problem for example if you're at work and you start to daydream a lot and don't hit your deadlines well then your boss is not going to put up with it and you may find yourself in their office getting your one two or three warnings if not worse getting fired for not completing reports or paperwork that had a deadline which will result ultimately in you not being able to pay your bills like your phone bill, your car, your tax, your road tax, your insurance, your water rates, your mortgage, your ESB which means that you may have lost the ability also to fulfil your goal or your dream so of course it's going to have an impact on your life and some have very dramatic outcomes so what causes procrastination well have you ever felt you had longer to finish something when in fact it might be due the next day or how about when you made a choice not to clean because you didn't feel like doing it just at that moment well one of the reasons for procrastinating is that we feel the need to be inspired or motivated to work on a task at any given moment so the reality is that if you wait until you're in the right frame of mind to complete or even start the tasks especially tasks that we don't like you'll find that there never really is the right time nor will the right time ever come along and therefore your tasks will never really happen now there are a number of other possibilities that could cause procrastination and these would include depression where you have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness and a lack of energy and this can make it so difficult to start or complete even the simplest of tasks depression as we know can also lead to self-doubt where you can't see clearly how to plan the task or you may feel insecure in your abilities that you find it easier to put tasks off or even stop in the middle of a task another cause is OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder because this is linked with an unhealthy perfectionism which causes a fear of making mistakes and doubts around doing something correctly it also causes worry and anxiety about other people's expectations people who have OCD have a problem with making decisions and this can cause a person to procrastinate 
Another obstacle is ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And this has a tendency to be distracted by internal thoughts as well as outside stimuli. And therefore, it can be very difficult to start a task, especially if you're not interested in the task itself. Now, along with these reasons, there can also be, we can use a number of other excuses or rationalizations to justify how we behave. And some other reasons why we procrastinate are maybe not wanting to do something, not knowing how to do it, um, not caring if the task gets done, not feeling in the mood or in the habit of waiting and hoping someone else will do it or thinking you can actually get it finished later. Maybe a lack of motivation to get started, or forgetting. Blaming sickness or poor health. Waiting for the right moment, needing time to think and plan the task. Delaying one task to do another. This list is a very short one, and I'm sure that you yourself could probably add more to it. So let's take a look at the different types of procrastination, of which I know of two. Passive and active. Now, the passive procrastinators delay a task. Why? Because they usually have problems around making decisions and then acting them. Whereas active procrastinators will delay a task because working under pressure allows them to feel challenged and motivated. Now we can also call the following types procrastinators because of their behavioural styles and these include perfectionists because they put off tasks out of fear of not being able to finish the task perfectly the dreamer who puts tasks off because they feel they're not good at paying attention to the detail involved the beefer who doesn't believe that a task should dictate their schedule the worrier, who will put tasks off because they have a fear of change or stepping out of their comfort zone of what or what is familiar to them. The crisis maker will put tasks off because they like to work under pressure. Or the overdoer will take way too many tasks on and will struggle then with finding time to complete them or to start new tasks. So what's the difference then between procrastinators and non-procrastinators? Well, the non-procrastinators will focus on the task that must be completed, but they will have a stronger personal identity. The other will be worried about what other people think. Also, people who do not procrastinate have a tendency to be more self-disciplined or persistent and have a personal responsibility. The negative influence that procrastination can have if it develops into a chronic situation is that you will have very poor time management skills, have problems paying bills, will not begin to work on tasks that need to be done until the very last moment and even delay filing, say, your tax return, which will all have their own life consequences. And more often, this influence can result in a person's mental health in their social and personal financial well-being through higher levels of stress and illness or increased burdens placed on relationships resentment from friends, family and co-workers 
Now there are a number of things that you can do to help fight procrastination. For example, consider making a to-do list and put a reality due date on each item. Begin to take small baby steps. Don't try to make big gestures when you know that it would be very difficult to complete and that would be sabotaging your own progress. Try to notice any thoughts around procrastination and then try to resist the urge. Or try to eliminate some of your distractions, especially those that would pull your attention away from what you're actually doing. Maybe turn off your social media devices while you're doing your task. Now, although these can help you to give you, I suppose, a chance to change, there are other options that can help you to stop. But you have to put in place long-term choices. Then it becomes easier not to procrastinate. One of the more common ways that I know about is called bundling. And this strategy is where you bundle a behaviour that is good in the long term, but also feels good in the short term. And the basic format is where you only do the thing you love while doing the thing you procrastinate on. So, for example, only listen to audiobooks or podcasts while you're exercising. Or only watch TV while you're doing the ironing. Only eat at your favourite restaurant while you meet with difficult family or friends that you've been putting off. Option two. Make consequences more immediate. One of the most common plans is to make a promise with someone to pay them a certain amount if you don't do the task. For example, if you find it difficult to go walking, what you do is you agree with a friend to say, okay, we're going to go walking on a Monday evening, but if I don't come any day for whatever reason, unless it's an emergency, then I'm going to give you 10 euro. Then you stick to it. You will soon learn that you don't want to hand over a large amount of money, and therefore you may be more inspired to gain motivation to go for the walk. Option number three is to design your future actions. For example, you could stop wasting time on your phone by deleting games and social media apps. And here's a possible biggie for some people. You can reduce the possibility of mindless channel surfing by hiding your TV or the remote and only taking it out when there's something important on or that you really want to see. And if that's not possible, then you might think of taking the batteries out of the remote control during the day and replace them only when you are ready to unwind at the end of the day. Option number four. Make the task more achievable. And I spoke earlier about the causes of procrastination, that they can centre around starting a behaviour. Once you've started, it's very difficult and less painful to keep working. So it makes sense to reduce the size of your tasks. That way, you're less likely to procrastinate. So start by breaking down the task. For example, try to measure your progress about every 15 minutes. This will let you enjoy your progress and also take away the perceived size of the task. Now there are two reasons why breaking down the task can be important. One, small measures of progress help you to maintain energy to complete the task over a longer period of time. 
two, the faster you complete your task, the more you, the more your day can be seen with a different attitude. Option number five, be consistent. One of the main reasons we fail and fall back into our familiar pattern of procrastinating is that we don't allow ourselves to have a clear system or schedule for deciding what is important and what we need to work on first. Now, the best system that I've noticed is also the simplest, and it's called the Ivy Lee method. Step one. At the end of each day, write down the top six most important things you need to accomplish tomorrow, but don't write any more than six. Step two. Prioritize those six tasks in order of their actual importance. Start with number one being the most important and six being least important. Step three. When you get up in the morning, only concentrate on the first task. Do not move on until the task is completed. And once it is completed, then and only then do you move on to number two. And so on. Step number four. Go through that list of six tasks in the same way. Step five. At the end of the day, when you're making up your new list, put what you have not completed today on the top of the, ne- of the new list. So if you have completed four out of the six tasks today, then the remaining two become numbers one and two on tomorrow's list. And then you can add in another four tasks. Step number six, and this is the most important step of this system. Repeat this process every single day. Now I know that the first thing that will be said is that these steps don't take into account the complexity of life in general and of course the different nuances of people. What happens if an emergency comes up? That's just one excuse. Now I have to explain here an emergency is not an excuse but we can use it as an excuse especially when the emergency is over and we fail to go back to what we're doing. So if you have an emergency or an unexpected distraction, then of course you must deal with it. That's obvious. However, deal with them, then get back to your to-do list as soon as possible. Don't allow the distractions to be used as an excuse to procrastinate. In other words, use simple rules to guide you in complex behaviour. I once heard somebody say that we are a society that loves to multitask because it shows that we're busy and busy means better. Well, I'm here to tell you that's rubbish. In fact, I would say that if you are overdoing multitasking, you are actually missing out on something important in your life. So you need to slow down and find out what that is. Neither can you be good in one thing if you are spread over a multitude of different things. The bottom line is this. Do the most important task first each day and let the energy of completing that task bring you forward into the next one. Oh, one more thing that might be useful. Visual aids can help. For example, if you're going to start a diet on January the 1st, which is what we normally do, our New Year's resolution. 
I will almost guarantee a fail by either the 10th of January or the 14th of January. Why? Because you're sabotaging yourself right from the very beginning. Because we're still in holiday mode. So here's the suggestion. Get a calendar and mark the day you want to begin your diet. Say, when the kids go back to school or when you return to work. Then each day after that, look at the calendar and give yourself a smiley face if you have kept your diet or a sad face if you haven't. So what you're doing is you're allowing the visual to spurt you on to get some more smiley faces which gives you more energy. So why do we procrastinate? I believe it comes down to motivation or at least that's part of it. However, trying to tell somebody who is depressed to be motivated is like telling a rock to go and dance. I read somewhere recently a sentence and it says, The journey of a thousand miles begins with one single step. Will you try telling that to someone who's finding it hard to get out of bed? Because for those who are extremely depressed, they may need medication to use as a crutch to get over this part of their life so that they can gain control back before they can even look at ongoing motivation. Because the chemicals in their brains are at an imbalance. Like their serotonin or dopamine. And the medication can rebalance them. Now, along with the medication, psychotherapy can be used. And in all honesty, one without the other is really not going to be very helpful. Because as the medication begins to work, you need someone who is not emotionally connected to you, like a family member or a friend would be, to be able to guide and help you discover why you went down in the first place. There's a step in AA that I've seen work for some people, and it's around acting as if it already is reality or true. So, for example, when you wake up in the morning and before your head begins to kick in and tell you otherwise, leap out of the bed. In other words, do it before your head has time to tell you that you don't want to do it. So, basically, it means that you do something quickly before your thoughts stop you and you end up talking yourself out of what you need to do in the first place. If you're not a gym person or you don't have a pet to walk, then go pick some flowers in a garden or pull up some weeds if it's in your neighbour's garden. Get their permission first, of course. So, where does our motivation go and why? Well, some say that motivation is the very centre of our creativity, of our productivity and even of our happiness. It's also said that it creates in us movement, growth and change. Now, all of these usually gives us our purpose in life. Most of us have only one idea about demotivation, which is to struggle. However, the truth is that demotivation is or has a load of problems which contain many, many variations. Usually when we start to look at the struggle, we apply our visual strategy in dealing with it. For many of us, this strategy can look like the following. 1. Set goals. 2. Push harder. 3. Accountability. Very straightforward. 
However, these can be very ineffective and in a lot of ways are not very helpful and, and, and can actually create more or a deeper sense of being unmotivated. At the core of being demotivated, it is commitment. It's the commitment that we make is not actually fully agreed to by ourselves. And there are a number of reasons for this. For example, when we're scared of our commitment, or it'll be based on trying to avoid that fear in the future. However, these fears are normally based on our imagination rather than reality. So how do we deal with this? Well, firstly, you must deal with your fear. Name them, write them down. Because by doing this, they come out of your head and you can look at them with some form of reality and clarity. And once you've done that, you could also stop and add a thank you to your fear. And I do know how strange that sounds. But remember, your fears have protected you up to this point. So you have to say thank you. It got you to where you are today. Then ask yourself a question around the fear. Why am I so afraid of this? Whatever the this is, whether it be a situation or whatever the task is. What are the realistic chances of it happening? You'll be amazed at what you hear from yourself. So then, go on to look at each fear in the same way and ask, what do I need to hear? What do I need to do? What do I need to put in place so that I lessen or lose this particular fear? Try to reduce each changeable step into smaller steps and then focus only on the step you need to do before looking at the next step. Try to notice how your body reacts to each of the steps that you're working on at that moment. Because some of our life experiences have come from our non-verbal period of our life, especially as a child, before we had a vocabulary, before we understood what anger was or how to express it or how to explain it or our sadness or whatever. It's necessary to notice what our body does and feels. So, for example, if you're working on a particular step and your body starts to get tighter and your breathing is getting harder, that might be a good indication that you're going into a very familiar strategy and need to stop and breathe slower in order for your brain to slow down so that you can write the stuff down and see it with clarity. Another issue can arise where there is a lack of clarity in your goal. When your picture of your future is vague, when you haven't been clearly or consciously articulating about what you want. Because we always like what has been familiar to us. And it is because it's not clear we resist what is not familiar. So we try to recreate what is known or familiar to us. So if your goals are vague, then your motivation will not be there. So how do we create something different? Be clear with your goals. Be articulate. Once you have done that, you get familiar with a new outcome. And that will eventually become comfortable, which will make you move forward. 
And what happens when a situation you're in and you feel like you've been pulled in two different directions or in multiple directions? That's called values conflict. And this means that you have important values but are unsure if you can satisfy both of them or all of them in a particular situation. Now you may experience little spurts of energy or motivation to work on something and then find that you lose that energy or motivation and turn your attention to something else. This is because you're dealing with the values conflict or internal conflict which will tire you out and saps up all your energy. So what to do? Well you have to get all your values singing off the same hymn sheet for a start. Try this exercise. Get a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle so that you have two columns. Then write down the top two different directions you feel you're being pulled at. One in each column. Then give about three or four sentences to say what each part actually wants. Next, pick one column and ask what does this part want? What does it hope to achieve? Keep asking this question until you get the final answer about what it wants. Then do the same for the other column. Keep doing this for both columns until both of them have almost or exactly the same answer. Because all the different parts of you want the same thing really. Why? Because they're all part of the whole you. By the time you get to the end of the answers and you get the same answer from both, you can then look at how to plan what will work best to achieve that. Because they're both looking for the best way possible. Would you believe that you can actually be demotivated by grief? Let me explain this one a little. At the start of all change, we'll go through a stage where we wonder if what we should or could hang on to is the familiar and grieve for what we might lose if we make a change. With this, we end up with confusion, self-doubt, mistrust, both of ourselves and of the world around us. Because the bigger the change, the bigger, the more powerful the symptoms. Now with the grieving at this point, the more fear and lost we feel. And that is a normal place to be for your motivation to go by the wayside. Now how do we get motivated again at this stage? Well, if you've suffered a trauma or a loss, then you'll get through this. But you will have to go through a major change. But don't try to make yourself motivated around being proactive. You cannot rush grieving or the undoing of old ways or thinking until your body, mind and spirit have looked at death and rebirth. Otherwise you go into dreaming and scheming to avoid what is a natural phase. The grieving will end when it's time, when it's ready. If you stay within calmness and relax into it, along with expressing the grief in a healthy way, it may end sooner rather than later, and you will not hold on to more emotion than you need to. One of the other ways you can be demotivated is through burnout. 
we tend to be in a thought where we feel the need to do more or wanting to get more done even when we have to go past our own limit. For example, if you feel tired all the time, well then you've lost your energy for being with people where wanting to sleep is more important than the things you would usually be interested in. At this point you have gone too far in pushing yourself over your own limit. So what's the simple answer to this, to get motivated again? Sleep. If you do not sleep, you'll get stuck, confused and unmotivated when it's time to actually take action. So it all comes back to self-care, which was one of our earlier podcasts. One of the ways to deal with this, and it may sound very childish, but sometimes we need to go back to basics. Begin to plan a nighttime routine. For example, like turning off all computers, TVs and phones around 10pm or 10.30 and go and have a bath or a hot shower and allow the water to relax your body. Then go from there into your bed. Now you can clean up the towels tomorrow. They'll still be on the floor. You don't have to wash down the shower or the bath. That can be done later. Allow your body to keep its heat so that you can relax when you get into the bed. Maybe have some very gentle music on in the background. Not songs, because then your mind is taken to the words. Nice gentle music on in the background. Allow yourself to drift. In all motivation, it begins and ends with yourself. Because if you don't look after yourself, then don't expect somebody else to do it. Because they don't know what you need. I do hope I've given you some understanding of procrastination and how we can motivate ourselves throughout our life. Remember, we are the ones on the journey. So we are the only ones who can change ourselves. Stay safe. Stay well. Namaste.